those I counted lost for Christ. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb that I may win Christ. The writer was making a statement. It has cost me a lot to be a Christian, but to have the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, is worth it. In this verse, the cost he If in every person that is saved also has to carry God is clear. You know, Paul is a pattern to all. First Timothy 1, verse 16. You know, this cause I obtain mercy. Jesus Christ might show suffering for the pattern in life. Several times, statements, you know, And we want to look at four or five points. What is this cost? that Paul was talking about. Well, what? I think that what did Paul count loss? Well, if you look at verse chapter 3 and verse 4, he said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. In other words, what Paul was saying, it cost me a lot in the flesh to be a child of the king. And I believe that it'll cost all of us to be a child of God. There were things he had count gain. Same chapter of Philippians, chapter 3. Let's look at verse 5 and 6. He says, Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew, of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Blameless. He did everything that a religious man at that time, you know, when we think about that last part of verse 6, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. In other words, Paul did everything that the law required him to do. Why did he need Christ? Have you heard that from people? Why do I need to join church? Why do I need to be baptized? You know, they got that list of things they don't do. Don't associate with people that do those things. That's what Paul was saying. I've done everything that the law requires me to do. 
But we'll see that later on, Paul realized that amounted to nothing as far as being saved. See, there's a difference between serving God because you are saved and serving God in order to get saved. And you'll be amazed if you've talked to as many people as I have the last 50 years why people will say, of course I'm saved. I, I joined church. I was baptized. I, I attend every Sunday and I give and I do this, I do this, I do this. Because love that for Christ, but if, if that love is not chapter, chapter, circumcised the eighth day in the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews. You know, when you read five, that would be like a church calling me and they're questioning me what my credentials were. And I would say, I've been pastoring for over 50 years. I attended Lexington Baptist College and I attended places at Cincinnati Baptist College. I've taken about 20 or 25. I've already lost how many home courses I've taken. But that doesn't qualify me to be pastor. That doesn't qualify me to be a preacher. You can have the knowledge, but do you have it in the heart? Paul had the law in his heart. He said, I've I've done everything the law requires. That's what? You know, he'll flat tell you, circumcised. On the eighth day, not just any day, but followed that Jewish law right down the track. The next question I asked Paul, well, a tense of counted in our text is a perfect tense verb in the Greek. Past complete action in past time with existing results. And that every Baptist should say, I was saved, let's say February the 8th, 1950. Been faithful in the church, followed the Lord, but are we still doing it? What we done yesterday is gone. And that's what the law keepers say. And there's many Christians who are nothing but law keepers. I joined the church. I was baptized. I show up on Monday. I can't look at nobody's heart and look at mine. But you're not saved. You're saved by believing. And because of what you believe will cause the doing to take place. I didn't stay married to that woman for 55 years because of what she did for me and what I did for her. It takes love. And love goes through the good times, the bad times. So 
we need to get that out of our minds, what I did or what I've done. See, the tense of count it and the text, very important, is a perfect tense verb in the Greek. And this means a past completed. See, I can repeat what I've just said. I've been passing all of these years, so that makes me saved. No, it doesn't. That doesn't even make me a good Christian unless I'm doing it from the heart. I'm doing it not to impress anybody, not because that's required of me. You know, and, uh, my daughter brought up a question yesterday. She went into my office and she looked around on the wall and she said, where's your license certificate? Where's your ordination certificate? I said, I don't know. So y'all can look for them if you like. Being ordained doesn't make me a preacher. Being licensed doesn't make me a preacher. And if I preached the truth for 50 years, I need to continue to preach the truth. But our churches are full of used-to-be's. I used to be faithful. I used to give. I used to. I used to. That doesn't count. What are you doing today? What is your life today? And Paul was telling them what he did. And he told him what to do after he asked. You know, you, you remember in verse 6 of Acts 9, when God got his attention and the apostle Paul, you know, what will thou have me to do in Acts 9, 6? He obeyed and went to the city of Damascus and lodged there for three days on the streets called Straight. He did exactly what God told him to do. Philippians, the third chapter and the eighth verse said, Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. In other words, Paul said, Everything I have, everything I know, I count it as gone just to know Jesus Christ. Greatest day in my life was that day at the, I believe the Six Mile Bridge on US 25 headed to Lexington. That's when Christ became Lord of my life. And I didn't know squat. I was so dumb, I didn't know Job or Job. I thought it was Job. I thought he had an odd name for a man. I was, I was ignorant. Ignorant of the scriptures of God. But when you're saved, <laughs> you know, nothing else satisfies. You know, talking about cooking, you know, most people don't like those good old country cooking because they never had it. You close down McDonald's and Harvey's and those places and they starve to death. 
churches would flourish back if they would start preaching the word of God and making sure that if you hold an office that you're saved and everything about your life is according to the word of God. Because it's hard to make a stand on something you don't practice. Can I get an amen? Amen, Brother Vance. When you practice it, it comes real. Philippians chapter 3. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Yea, doubtless I count all things lost for the excellencies. Paul testified of this in Acts twenty-two sixteen. Acts 22, verse 16. You know, we need to uh, realize that. Let's, let's look at, at Acts 22 and verse uh, 22, verse 16. And now why tarriest thou, thou, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord, calling on the name of the Lord. His sins were washed away by calling on the name of the Lord, not by the baptism of water. When I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, he took care of my sins. He took care of me. Going into the water so many times you think your prune won't save you. Going in every church you attend won't save you. You've got to know that Jesus died for you, was buried for you, arose for you, and praise God, he's coming back for you. I looked at this congregation, and of course I, I think about Judy and I think about Sue. But we got two brothers waiting for us. I've never seen I'll see them, and I'll recognize them. And if I wasn't saved, I, I would never look forward to that. There's a cost to being a Christian. Why not all husbands are good husbands? It costs to be a good husband. It costs to be a good wife. It's just facts. And when you love somebody, you don't have a tally. I've done this and I've done that. You just do what's necessary when it's due. But 
His sins were washed away by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not by the baptismal water. Paul would say when Anais came to him on the street called Straight, and after three days of challenging the cause, this is the what, this is the when, the why did Paul count the cost that he might win Christ? Well, Philippians 3.8 said, Yet doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For when I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Paul was saying, compared to what, to compare to what I gain, it was like dumb. And that's the only way that you can keep living for Christ no matter what anybody else does. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's an encouragement to me that, that each time I get behind it that I get to see two only siblings left. That's a blessing. But the real blessing is that you can have the assurance that not only here but We'll never be apart. We'll exchange where we are. So everything I lost by being a Christian counted as dumb. Why? Because he said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8, Yeah, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. If he's only your Savior and not your Lord, you'll never feel the way Paul felt. He is my Lord and Savior, not just my Savior. If he's just your Savior, then you took advantage of the cross, but not willing to suffer for his death. But his Lord and Savior. He's not only my Lord. That means he directs me in what I do. And as long as I'm doing what he wants me to do. He'll take care of me. Not only my Savior. He's my Lord and Savior. Win means to gain. You know, that's why he said, you know, in Philippians 3, 8, that he might win Christ. Win means to gain, to acquire, or simple, simply put means to be saved. And when in a, an accountant takes inventory, he gets rid of those things that would not do him any good in the long haul. You ever wonder why your house gets junked up? I'm an expert. Kim was going through some of a box of jokes. She said, do you realize that you got sermons of, of 1977? I said, yeah. Don't bother me either. 
Why would I want sermons in 1977? They were handwritten. I don't know how she'd read them. I can't. But they mean something to us for some reason. But after a lot of praying and a lot of whatever, I'll probably get rid of them because they're awake. One box wouldn't be a weight, but if you got 15 and 20 boxes, it's a weight. And if you've got three things, four things, five things, six things that come before God, they become weights. And you know what God will do? If you don't take care of it, he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. So when we look at the uh, when or the what, then we see the why. So we again ask why, because he was under Holy Ghost conviction. That's why that Paul gave up all, all of that. You don't give up a sin because it's offensive to a Christian, which that's a good reason if that's the only one you got. But when you come under conviction and the don't do that no more, you will not have that inward peace until you don't do that no more. And Paul was saying, I'm willing. Everything that I know, everything that I've accomplished, I count it as dung. He was counted as nothing compared to what he's got. The reason being threefold. He had heard Stephen preach. He had heard Stephen pray. And he watched Stephen die in Acts chapter 7. The cause Paul, after the Lord revealed himself to him to take inventory for three days and he came to the point he chose to junk all of those things. Anything, I told my two daughters yesterday, anything in this house that will slow me down in my health condition to do the job that God's called me to do, I want it out. Get it out of my house. But first of all, I've got to get it out of my head and let God control my thought life. You know, John 1 verse 4 said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He had the word before, and, and being a Pharisee, he knew it backward and forward. But life is not in the written word. This surprised a lot of people. You know, I know I'm saved. I read the book of Proverbs every day. I read a chapter in Psalms every day. So you know I'm saved. 
Some people believe that. And I do. I read Proverbs and Psalms every day. If you don't read any other Bible, you ought to read the book of Proverbs. Read it again and again and again and again because the book of Proverbs, you just put in action what God has convicted you of. Book of Proverbs tells you how to raise children, tells you how to be a good wife, tells you how to be a good husband, tells you how to be a good Christian, tells you how to, to save money. I mean, it is such one fabulous book. And each time I read it, I see something I hadn't seen before. But God says in John chapter 5, John chapter 5, notice with me please. John, the fifth chapter. Verse 39. John, chapter 5. Verse 39. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. Well, if you search the scriptures, you'll find out exactly what salvation is. You will pray and ask God to save you. You will want to be acquainted with all the scriptures that tells you that you're saved and how you can know if this practice is what is in this verse, is it's in my life. The more that my life is like the scriptures, the more assurance I have. And no, I don't have all of them, and you don't have all of them, but that's how we know. The scriptures reveal to us what we are, what point in the Christian life we are. So he says, and he will not come to me that he might have life. Because he said, I receive not honor from men. But I know you that he have not the love of God in you. Me and the men have, we've been in houses where I ask the person, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you know I've taken some ungodly number of Bible studies and Bible courses. I've got certificates for all of them. And I'm for that. That's better than what's any of this silly television. But because you take these Bible courses and you get an A, that doesn't make you saved. What it does do, it'll make you more accountable. Then I want to elaborate on that point. That's why I don't go to church faithful, and that's why I don't read faithful, because I've heard you and I've heard other people say, the more you know, the harder your judgment going to be. You're right. But once you're saved, you can't get enough. You can't get enough. I mean, why would I read 
chapter of Proverbs, I read in the Proverbs, this, this is the book of Proverbs, 12 times a year. And I can tell you, each time I read it, I get something I didn't, didn't have before. You've got to be familiar with Jesus, and the only way you can get familiar with Jesus is get familiar with his word. You've got to get familiar with his word. Well, I don't have time to read. I can't read my eyes to bed. Man, you can borrow them. If you don't have it, I'll give them to you. I've got the Bible on cassette, eight track. CDs, small print, big print. That's no excuse. I mean, just listen. Get your Bible on cassette and listen to Proverbs 1 tomorrow, Proverbs 2 Tuesday, and Proverbs. You know, there is no excuse. Except, oh, but my favorite TV show is on. You mean you can be honest and get a favorite? They're all garbage. Take the beer commercials off of ball games, you wouldn't get to watch anything. God said in First John five twelve, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. In him was life, and the life was in the light of men. Tell you, church, God will tell you what to do, how to do it. He never leave you out there by yourself. Come with me briefly to John chapter six. John chapter six. John the sixth chapter, verse twenty-eight. Then said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom ye have sent. Amen. You can imagine what they were expecting. Well, you've got to be faithful. You've got to give. You've got you to set the whole list. no. Those are the results. See, I didn't have to promise my wife that I would furnish her a place to live. If she needed to the doctor, I'd take her to the doctor. If she needed clothes, I'd buy her clothes. That was just a given. It's just a given. If you're saved, you want to serve God. Nobody should have to give you a blue ribbon because you showed up on Sunday. You're a child of God. You, you should want to be here on Sunday. Amen. You should want to hear the word of God. I got in that briefcase under here. I'm going to give all as soon as I get them printed out. I let the first copy is mine. And I'm in the process of printing. Everybody in this church that taught Sunday school are willing to teach Sunday school 
you got to read those ten pages. You're dealing with souls. No, I've had these. I've had these teachers that said, oh, the little ones, ain't no problem, man, you know. Yeah, you can teach them with the earphones in and listen to rock music. No, you're dealing with a child that needs to break it down and you make sure you break it down correctly. You ought to want that. You know, that shouldn't be something you're forcing on, you know. I've had them in my 50-some years. I mean, ain't no pastor going to tell me how to teach. Well, I don't guess anybody did, did they? But uh, God said, then they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the work of God? And in verse 29 of John 6, he said, uh, this is the work of God that he believe on him whom he hath sent. And it's a job. It's a full-time, 24-hour job to live the Christian life. What do you do when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you can't go back to sleep? Well, if, if God was a good God, he wouldn't have woke me up. No, he, he woke you up for a purpose, you know. Y'all have kids. I have a puppy that when I'm up, she wants to be up and she wants in my lap and she wants me to do this and she wants me to do do that. But praise God, from 3 o'clock to 9, she sleeps. And if she ever starts not sleeping, I'll give her a sleeping bill. So that's my time. Me and God. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being serious. Find out why God woke you up. He woke you up for a purpose, for a reason. Meditate. Learn to meditate at 4 o'clock. Anybody going to disturb you? You've got to know who God is, how important he is. As we prepare to close here, the Lord told us to count the cost to be a disciple. It costs something to be a disciple. It costs something. I'm not talking about money. You know, whatever money you've got, 10% of it belongs to the Lord. If you don't give it to him, he'll take it. I mean, that's, I don't, uh, that's not my job. But, but I, can, I can tell you this. You can't take what belongs to, to God. I believe a minimum. Ten percent of what I have belongs to the Lord. Ten percent of my time belongs to the Lord. That's a minimum also. But God tells us here as we prepare to close in Luke, the 14th chapter. If y'all wonder why I got this Bible that I like to burn up because I can't find my other one. One of the daughters misplaced it. I'll tell you what happened. And if, if it didn't happen, I'm going to blame them anyway. God said in Luke 14, verse 26, If any man come after me 
and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and their own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Pretty plain, eh? Verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. God comes home. See, the first time when family, friends, or enemies show up on Sunday morning and you said, hey, uh, here's the house. If you leave, lock the door. I'll be back when I'm back. But they won't come back no more. You're right. They didn't. God answered my problem. It doesn't bother me. God comes first on Sunday. It is God's day. And you can do that. I did it right. I said, the house is yours. If you leave, lock the door. I thought that was the proper way to handle it. So let me add this. If you ever count the cost and are willing to count all things lost for salvation, there won't be any problem of yielding to the service of the Lord because he is Lord. Now, you know, don't have to say this because we got above average uh, people here in our church. If you got family, friends, whatever is sick and you're responsible to take care of them, you stay and take care of them. But I'm going to miss church because ain't Joe that I ain't seen in nine months decide they come and visit me? It ain't happening. God comes first. It's just that simple. Pianist and song leader come. <laughs> 